Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for staying, thanks for tuning in, thanks for downloading, thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann, the ContenderCast, for shining a light on bright ideas. Today, I can't even wait. We're going to hear all about beet jerky. I didn't say beef, I said beta. Jerky. You're going to hear from the co-founders of Theo's Plant Based. I can't even wait. Uh, Theo Murad is on, as well as Aaron Broadkey. Guys, it's so great to have both of you on the podcast. So much fun. Thank yeah, you for having us. us. Super happy to be <laughs> Hesitation from both. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> One thing for sure, when you have two guests, it's so fun. But then sometimes nobody knows who to talk first. So um, that, that's part of the fun thing about um, having both of you guys on, which is really, really cool. And so thank you for making the time. I can't even wait to dive in. Um, excited for what you guys have to offer and where you're going. Um, but before we go into product and your company, Let's start with you, Theo. And how about to share a little bit about your background before you know launching this business? Yeah, you know, I guess it goes way back. Um, I've been interested in food since I was a kid. My grandpa had a huge garden and would you know make all these awesome meals for families. So I think I got interested in kind of the ambiance side of cooking uh, and sharing food from a young age, which then translated into me starting to cook professionally when I was in high school. Um, I kind of stayed on that path throughout high school and then into college while I was at University of Michigan, right where I grew up to in Ann Arbor, where Aaron's from as well. I, you know, I kept finding myself just eager to work in food, even though I was, you know, studying university. Um, So I worked in a variety of restaurants um, for about seven years and eventually made my way to a vegan kitchen in Ann Arbor. Uh, at the same time I was working on an organic farm for, uh, who is now a mentor and formal business advisor for us, a man named Tim Redmond, who's a longtime natural foods trailblazer. Anyways, uh, I was working on his farm. I was cooking at a vegan restaurant, wrapping up school. And then when I graduated, I went and worked at a a pretty famous restaurant in New York that does farm to table cooking called Blue Hill at Stone Barns. Um, So really, you know, it was the combination of, of, of working, you know, in organic agriculture and having a a more kind of um, whole foods approach to cooking that really influenced eventually starting this and creating the product and all that. Love it. All right. Over to you, Aaron. How about you? Share a little about your story. For sure. Yeah. So grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan with Theo. We were actually longtime friends uh, since high school. Um, So yeah, always been a big food, like just food lover. I remember Theo and I would sort of skip school sometimes and, and go out and, you know, cook a really gourmet meal. Um, so food has always been something that I've been very interested in as well and grew up a bit overweight. So always was a bit sort of focused on the the nutrition side of things. Uh, and that's really what led me to focusing my career, which was on 
sort of sustainable and nutritious food. Uh, and that's what I studied at Michigan. Um, and while I was there, I, my first nutrition lecturer, uh, was a whole food plant-based nutritionist. And I was a big meat eater at the time, uh, would grill grass-fed steaks with Theo in the, in the backyard. Um, but by the end of my freshman year, I went fully plant-based. Uh, there was, you know, a lot of evidence that I was reading in my nutrition classes that it's a healthy way to eat. Uh, and that really sort of inspired my career, which uh, I eventually graduated with a degree in sustainable food and worked for uh, some food startups, um, including Renewal Mill and Pot Foods, um, who are some like great early uh, sustainable food companies. Um, and eventually found myself at Big Idea Ventures, which is uh, a plant-based and cell-based venture capital firm and accelerator. Um, and really my goal was just to, um, support the industry and help transition, uh, sort of the, the world <laughs> to more plant-based foods, um, <laughs> yeah, however possible. And while I was there, I saw what Theo was doing, um, cause we were both in Chicago and he showed me beet jerky and I was tasting tons of products while I was at this, this VC. And I was really, really impressed. So, uh, uh, hence, uh, being tantalized by what, what Bia was doing, I decided to jump ship and here we are now. Wow. Pretty cool. Um, and great that you guys grew up together and then obviously now, um, together. So let's talk about this segment of the food industry. So beet jerky, uh, share with us a bit about like, wh where did this idea come from and how did you decide this is going to be where you guys focused? Yeah. So, you know, the influence was, was really from, from, uh, my time at, at Blue Hill at Stone Barns in New York, you know, the restaurant, it's not a vegan restaurant, but most of the menus sure. vegetables and the whole um, kind of concept is this hyper seasonal uh, approach of, you know, serving what's, what's most abundant and peak season at the restaurant. So I had all this exposure to um, mainly I worked on the canapé stations, which is like hors d'oeuvres, um, bite-sized uh, pieces of different vegetables. And I got exposed to, you know, like all of them, um, from spring through, you know, late fall, early winter. Um, the idea really is like, let's, you know, kind of at a higher level, you look at plant-based food and I was following plant-based food at the time and, you know, talking with Aaron and, and learning a lot about it from a distance was, let's try to create something here. That's, that's more true to the name being plant-based. Um, most of the options out there, you know, they're super, super processed and filled with all sorts of weird things. And they're hardly, you know, comprised of plants. My take was always really inspired by the work I've done, especially when I was in New York was like, well, the best vegan food is, is vegetables, especially ones that are grown organically and you know with some integrity so let's highlight those and how can we make those the forefront of a, of a plant-based food product um rather than trying to to mimic like beef for example sure uh so you know it started with this idea of let's let's make beets snackable um 
they're super durable, super nutritious, kind of a polarizing vegetable to begin with. But I think they have a lot of potential with their fibrous nature to make something that's satiating and chewy like a jerky. So it was during COVID. Um, I was actually without a job. I moved from New York to Chicago to continue cooking, but I moved here just a few weeks um, after COVID hit, or sorry, a few weeks before COVID hit. Um, so, you know, I moved to Chicago. I was planning on cooking in another fine dining restaurant called Smith. Sure. And that fell through. And I was in the kitchen a lot. And that's where this whole idea kind of started taking shape. Very, very cool. And then, um, so you guys decide you're going to go and pursue this. And here we are, what, about a year or two later. Um, and you've got great packaging. You've got real product and whatnot. Talk about where you began like, how did you go from, I, we have this idea to actually creating something that could be saleable. Talk about that process. Right. Yeah. So like I said, I was just screwing around in the kitchen. I was, you know, fortunate enough to get the, for, uh, for a bit, I had the unemployment support, you know, for COVID relief. So I was spending a lot of time at home. I was, I got addicted to baking sourdough bread and doing fermentation projects and cooking and gardening and all that. Um, it was just something I was doing for fun. And I started sharing this beet jerky with some friends, Aaron, which, which was one of them. He had moved to Chicago. Um, so this was 2020 in the fall and I was headed home for the, for Thanksgiving and I FaceTimed this old boss of mine, this guy I mentioned, I worked on his farm because him and I have stayed in touch, Tim Redmond. And I was actually making the product because I told Tim, hey, Tim, I want to come say hi to you because him and I have, you know, kept a good relationship going and we're on FaceTime and he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, this is beet jerky. (laughs) Beet jerky. What is that? And I was like, oh, it's just like this fun little project I'm like screwing around with. And I was like, I'll bring you some. So I drove to Ann Arbor from Chicago. I stopped by his house. And on the, on the way out of town, I go to Whole Foods and I pick up a couple of the other plant-based jerkies that are on the shelf. There's like a right. coconut one. And then there's like a soy, you know, a soy flour based one. And I brought my own and I went over to him, to his house about, you know, he lives right outside of Ann Arbor. And I kind of informally, I guess like, or subconsciously was pitching it to him, but I was just sharing like, this is this cool idea I have, you know, I'm pretty passionate about this whole vegetable forward concept. Here are some other options. And after talking for a while and him kind of slowly chewing and tasting all of them, he looked up at me and he was like, this is a great idea. <laughs> and he was I like, love it. and you know, at the time he knew I was looking for jobs and stuff because, you know, he's really well connected in that food space, which I want to stay in. He was like, if you want to pursue this, which I think you should, you know, I will advise you and I'll help you out. Um, so it was that point, you know, hearing from somebody, Tim had founded Eden foods and done several other very successful entrepreneurial ventures in the, you know, organic food space, hearing that validation from somebody that's, you know, had 50 years of experience was like, okay, well, this is, this could be something, you know, in my head, it was, you you don't really think, you know, (laughs) you're onto something just with yourself. Usually. I mean, I knew it was good, but sure. From that point on, I I started pursuing it full time. Um, 
And initially it was, you know, let's make this commercially, let's get a commercial kitchen. Um, so I started producing it about seven months later after getting organic certified and stuff in a commercial kitchen. We were selling at farmer's market in Chicago and then some natural food stores and co-ops, just a few. And the product was moving super, super well. Wow. We were selling out at farmer's markets. We were, you know, moving really high volumes uh, at the stores. And I was making it in a windowless kitchen um, with some tabletop dehydrators, which was an absolute nightmare. I mean, I couldn't make. <laughs> but you got to make do when you start, right? How did, but how did you figure yeah. out like, packaging yeah. and barcodes and, you know, like the design of the packaging or were you, or was it not what we see on the website today at that time? You know what I mean? Uh, no, it was, we actually came straight out of the gate with, with like kind of like a finalized at scale packaging design, um, which was, you know, a little ballsy, but I've always been somebody that's really appreciated aesthetic and, and, um, especially abstract art. Um, so I was constantly going into the grocery stores during this time when I started taking it seriously and looking at packaging, like studying it. Like Tim would tell me, like, you know, look at everything, portion size, dimensions, sure, you know, art, all that. And with the jerky products, you know, a lot of them are really hyper masculine and like, you know, they're red and black and like really <laughs> kind of serious. And like it's like this, that's not what this is. The nature of what this is is it's something fun and playful and like healthy, like let's do something different. So I was exposed to this, um, cool Japanese artist that was inspired by, um, Matisse, like cutout paper, cutout, um, art design, uh, of having these kind of block, almost abstract vegetables. Uh, so I was like, okay, let's apply that to beets and make it like beets everywhere. You can't not know it's beet jerky. Right. <laughs> um, so that was kind of like the birth aesthetic of the brand was like, it was in my head, but the aesthetic really speaks to the brand itself as like vegetables, vegetables, vegetables. Let's make it fun, playful. And like, you know, they're right in your face. So totally love it. So Aaron, I, I always love to ask co-founders, like, how do you divide up the work? And are, are, are you guys good at the same things or are you guys complimentary? Like one of you covers certain aspects of the business and the other, other parts, you know what I mean? How do you think about that from a, um, the perspective of working together with Theo? Yeah. I mean, we've always been like slightly different people, which makes for a, a good team. Play Theo's like extremely, <laughs> yeah, that's another statement. We're like yin and yang for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, Theo's the creative, he's the culinary, he's the, you know, operational, and I'm the sort of marketing, finance, uh, fundraising, given my background in BC. So it's very, it's strict some strategy, definitely. <laughs> so yeah, it's been, it's been um, like a really good meshing of our skills. And I think, you know, we, we know that there are some areas that that we can really collaborate on, but we give full, you know, creative freedom to each other in our different areas. And we, you know, we always trust what each other are doing because, you know, I, I'm not going to tell Theo 
no, you know, this recipe should be different. <laughs> just doesn't make sense. So we we found a good way to divide things, but uh, we're excited to slowly be able to hand off some items in the future because you know it's a lot to it's a lot of hats. Yeah, Justin. Yeah, I mean, just to go off of what Aaron was saying, like I, Aaron really filled very organically. Just came in and filled all all these gaps um you know very significant categories of of you know launching a startup uh, and had a perspective has a perspective on it and a skill set that has been absolutely crucial i mean sure. he had this vc background and i i knew nothing about raising money making pitch decks you know formulating data rooms i i am pretty much incompetent on excel um, <laughs> I, I, um, you know, he really, he, him and I really have something that I think works quite complimentary. It, it, we would not be on this call if it wasn't for Aaron. I mean, I had the great product, um, and the creative vision and things like that, but if it wasn't for him coming in and just with like fearless confidence, just like, let's raise a bunch of money, let's get this going. You know, we, we would not right. be, we would not be here. So I love that. Uh, it's great. I always love to hear perspectives and it's so fascinating. Um, I'm going to shift to product uh, now. So sea salt and cracked pepper, savory barbecue, sesame ginger teriyaki. How did you guys decide on these three flavors and what others were considered or are you considering? Yeah. Um, let's see. Well, the sea salt and cracked pepper, that's when designing this, you know, something I wanted to keep in mind was like, how can we keep the integrity of a beat and make make it clear that it's a beat but but make make the flavor a little more um appealing to the masses because a lot of people don't like beats um so the, the sea salt and cracked pepper the purpose of that flavor is to be the most like straightforward to a beat um it's very simple a lot of salt and pepper flavored things they you know companies actually include things like onion powder and garlic powder this is literally just salt and pepper sure um and some organic hyalic sunflower oil um that flavor is the most simple the most straightforward from there you know i, I looked at other jerky products and i thought about just in general what flavors people really like i mean barbecue the inspiration of it immediately was, you know, the barbecue potato chip was like, right. that is just an iconic flavor profile that people recognize and love. Um, and then Asian flavors in this country, you know, I mean, the, the word teriyaki is like a big buzzword, of course, I'm not going to claim it's an authentic flavor profile. And part of the reason we added sesame and ginger to it in a way that's a little more forward, um, but, you know, people in this country, they love Asian food. They love Asian flavors. Um, so, and I'm a huge fan of, of Asian food in general. So I wanted to, to create a flavor with that profile as well. So the two flavored ones, the, the barbecue and the teriyaki, they, they mask the beat more and are more, you know, specific to, to what they're labeled. And then the sea salt cracked pepper is a bit, I'd say if you're a beet lover, that's probably, that might be your favorite. 
and any other flavors being considered or did, did were there any that you guys initially looked at and were like nope these didn't make the cut i will say yeah. i think having three is a good thing as you talk to retailers um gives you some options but any others you'd want to share <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. I mean, I had so many, I, so many at the beginning, Aaron got to try some of them. I mean, I was doing an, an everything, like everything bagel. I was doing a shawarma spice one. I did like a Korean barbecue, a sriracha. Um, we did a pastrami spice one, which is one I was actually really excited about. Um, <laughs> pastrami. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we still get, and I want to, the next skew we release for a new flavor for this, we'll definitely release something that has a kick to it. I think we are a, like, a spicy flavor. A spice guy. You know? I love spice. Yeah. So I like yeah. Well, I'll, you know, I'll send you a, maybe I'll send you some samples before it comes out. Ah, oh, perfect. I would love uh, that. <laughs> yeah. But we're also going to be, without going into too much detail, we're going to be releasing other other products in general in different aisles of the grocery store. But we are going to do other jerky products made with different vegetables as well with completely oh. new flavors. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, um, I have like a million things circulating in my head at all times. Okay, well, that's interesting. So how do you guys balance this whole idea of I've got a lot of ideas and I've got more products we can make and and getting product in stores and on shelves or in e-commerce, right? And driving sales of what you got and penetration of what you got. How do you, how do you balance that? Aaron? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough because, you know, Theo is... Theo is driving the culinary innovation, but he's also managing operations. And we're, you know, lining up our major production for beef jerky that will be shared to the market, um, you know, in about a month's time. So, you know, Theo's been focusing on that, but we got to get him in the kitchen. So, you know, I've been, I've been pushing Theo more to, you know, let's, let, you know, take some time like it's probably his favorite part of the job is why he cooks and why he's doing this is because he likes to experiment and innovate so um just pushing him to you know spend a day a week or a day every other week to to start working on those other iterations again um because when you're in the thralls of you know op setup and co-packers and 3pl and all that stuff it can bog you down and you lose the you know the the, the fun stuff so uh we're starting to build it back in i think uh the rest of this year we should be able to get some of those products closer to market which will be fun really really cool um and do you know who your consumer is or target customer is i'm guessing you do because this segment would appeal to certain buyers and not others right yeah, it's still, you know, very early days um, at the farmer's markets. You know, we we saw a lot of just, you know, healthy snackers, veggie lovers, right. um, which is really hard to categorize. Um, so we're really looking forward to getting a bit more like specific on who our customer is. But given that we're largely pre-market, we only have conjecture and we think that you know, it's millennials that have a bit extra money to spend, you know, upper middle class, um, busy people, people that, you know, are looking for healthy options, but don't have the time to cook. So they'll grab a bag of beef jerky and it gets them, you know, a couple of servings of vegetables. And 
um, they're on their way, but you know, we'll see. Uh, we think the Whole Foods customer is the perfect customer, and that's where we'll be launching first in retail. Uh, but you know, the the proof is in the pudding, oh, the beet cool. pudding, <laughs> the beet pudding. <laughs> I love it. Sounds like another product idea. Um, okay, so <laughs> right, and Theo's like, oh my god, I could do I could do pudding with beets. Um, Genius. Any product could be beets. Twit chips. We could have potato chips, but they're not potato chips. They're beet chips. Okay. Um, I'm getting creative now. All right. So I love to ask our guests like some of their biggest lessons learned. I wanted to um, ask each of you, and, and it's early days. I know, very early days for both of you, um, and in your brand and your rollout and whatnot. But I'm sure there's been some lessons learned. Um, we have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to our show. Um, people looking to build their own brand. Let's start with Aaron. Maybe one or two things that you would share with our audience in terms of just some takeaways, things you've learned, things that, you know, if you had to share looking back, you'd do different. What would be one or two of those things? And we'll go over to Theo. For sure. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me, you know, we're first-time founders, so we don't have uh, much rapport with that many people. So really like leaning on, you know, our network to make introductions um, and find the right partners is really key. Like we, you know, trustworthy people are the most important (laughs) type of people. So uh, how do you know who the right person is? You know, look, look to your network and, and get recommendations for, you know, different service providers for yourself. And we've, you know, as first-time founders, we've run into some some moments where, um, you know, we've we've come to to some hardship because, uh, you know, we didn't know who we were, who we were working with, and um, you know, people some people are harder to work with than others. So, get a good referral, good recommendation, someone you trust uh, to to give you the introduction that you're looking for in a different area. Awesome. Use your resources. Yeah, totally. That's a great recommendation. Um, Theo, over to you. Yeah, you know, I think the big theme of the past, it's been almost two years now, is it's taken me a while to kind of um, really understand this, but the ups and downs, the volatility, the roller coaster ride of wins and losses, you know, things coming up that were unexpected and constant, you know, having to adapt and how that can feel very personal. This is, this is just the nature of, of entrepreneurship. Right. Um, That's right. It's, it's part of what you're doing. And the reason I share this is because you know, to all the people out there that are, that are entrepreneurs or thinking about, you know, getting into entrepreneurship, you can take, you can take yourself out of it. Um, and, and just recognize like, this is the ride, you know, and I'd rather be on a roller coaster than a merry-go-round. So I'll take it. You know? <laughs> I love that. That's a great analogy, man. Um, I always say, you know, I, I love doing this, these interviews and this show because I always pick up something that's um, really interesting and unique. And you guys have shared a lot of that today. Um, excited for you guys, your early days. You've got lots of runway and stretch in front of you. I mean, geez, a product pipeline that, you know, with a lot of beats in it, uh, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> how about as we wrap up, share with our audience where they can find you guys, connect with you guys, learn about your company and product, et cetera. 
Uh, you can go to theosplantbased.com. You could put in a pre-order right now and be the first to try beet jerky when it launches. Uh, you'll be able to get it, you know, uh, late October, early November, get your hands on a package in uh, the Midwest. If you're around there, you'll be able to find us at Whole Foods and follow us at Theos Plant Based on social media. Our Instagram and TikTok and YouTube reels are popping off. There's lots of cool stuff way beyond just promoting our product, you know, informational and stuff about how to care for vegetables, how to select them, how to prepare them, got videos of me cooking and all sorts of fun stuff like that. So (laughs) check us out. That's awesome. Well, Hey, listen guys, Aaron and Theo, so great having you here today. Um, you've got to come back on down the road as you, um, not only grow the, the, the beet jerky business, but as you launch your other products, we'd love to have you back. And it's really appreciate you making time to be with us today. Would love to really appreciate it, Justin. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. The contender cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by contender brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.